Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. So today we have a very special episode. This gentleman is one of the most uh, prolific uh, black men in the D&D community, uh, tabletop community, I should say, and um, has done a bunch for the community outside of just the games as well. Incredibly honored that he came on the show. So if you'd like to introduce yourself. Thank you. Yes, it is I, B. Dave Walters. I appreciate that. You know, somebody recently referred to me as a D&D philanthropist, and I was like, I mean, I guess. You know? <laughs> like, hadn't really thought of it till you said it like that. And then, uh, yeah, so, no, just uh, lucky to get to do what I do and happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible, you know, where you are now. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of things that got you there. But um, what I usually like to start is, you know, how did how did you even get into the nerd culture in general? Uh, literally was uh, born into it. Like, bang, I was born into <laughs> it, molded by it. Um, my mom was big into geek stuff. Okay. So, you know, superheroes and Star Wars and Star Trek and science fiction awesome. has been a part of my life from the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as long as I can remember, I, I've been creating stories since I was five and, you know, taking these journeys along with other people about as long and, and playing TTRPG since I was 13. Awesome. And so you originated in the South, is that correct? I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. Yep. Yeah. How long did you grow up there? Uh, I left when I was 20. Okay. Uh, I did two years of college there and then I transferred uh, over to Morehouse College in Atlanta, where I graduated from, Beautiful. and I stayed in Atlanta for seven years, and then moved out to LA and been here ever since. I've been in LA since oh, uh, in oh three and oh four, I was back and forth, but I mean, a full time resident resident of Los Angeles since two thousand four. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, I've never been to Arkansas. I, I've only been a few places in the South, and <laughs> I think you, you could probably guess why. Um, but what was that like growing up there and you know i mean they're they're, they're somewhat interchangeable yeah, really yeah, you know sure. like uh small buildings and a lot of trees yep. uh to, to tell you the truth it wasn't so bad okay. uh it, it was a fine place to grow up uh but i needed to get out because uh, one thing i realized was for the most part if you didn't leave by 25 you weren't leaving yeah and I can't imagine still being there because I probably would have done an eighth of the things that I've done if I was still there. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, had to get get while the getting was good. Was there a pretty prominent like nerd community there or was it just kind of whatever you had at home? Oh, just uh, uh, only whatever you had at home. Um you know, there there was comic shops and things, and like you you'd hang at the comic shop, yeah. you know, and and then there was the 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 various crowds. Uh, there, there, I think there was two, one comic shop and one game shop, 
and yeah, you, you and you kind of like knew knew the the faces around those places. Yeah, were either of those black owned shops? I don't I don't know their no. community around Little Rock, but yeah, I, <laughs> no. I was guessing not. But you know, <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, no. Well, that and I very much came up in an age where these things were quote unquote white people stuff. Right. Which I'm certain large swaths of my family, if they comprehend what I do at all, still think that. But, you know, we out here trying to show people that <laughs> it's it's for everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, that was a, a big proponent of why I started the show was to just reach out to a bunch of different diverse people. Um, I, I live here in New Mexico, and obviously it's a very high Hispanic community mm-hmm. and very few black people. And finding other people to be able to tell those stories and kind of put that out there and say, like, look, we're here, we're playing these games, we're as much a part of the community as anybody else's, um, has been a, a big proponent of that. So you said you started when you were 13 playing tabletop. Who, was that with friends or was that, you know, how did you find that gaming group then? Yeah, I actually, um, the first game I started playing was a game called uh, Riffs, okay. which was actually my first game, which, you know, now that I think about it, I'm so used to telling this story, and I'm always saying that I played Riffs for... No, no, no. Riffs was definitely first. Yeah, Riffs was first. Um, Because I was about to be like, have I gotten this wrong all this time? (laughs) I'm like, no, I haven't. Uh, I started playing Riffs, and uh, just because I think the... the, I don't even know how I got into Riffs. My very, 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 very first exposure to TTRPGs was, I I think... um, my i went to the hobby shop for my birthday i think i was eight i was maybe 10 okay um and i saw ninjas and super spies which if you've never seen ninjas and super spies first of all the title sells itself yeah, it sounds awesome yeah and on the cover of the book a, a ninja's kicking a dude who has a laser on his wrist who is like falling <laughs> backwards and this huge battle is taking place yeah. and i was like i don't know what this is but i want it right. so my mom bought it for me I took it home and I opened it up and it's a TTRPG, but all I saw was these tables and numbers and I had no idea what it was. So I was like, oh, this is a computer game. And we took it back and returned it. And I bought a model of the Starship Enterprise from Star Trek The Next Generation. (laughs) Nice. Then fast forward a few years later, I got a copy of Ninjas and Super Spies and loved it. But um, uh, yeah, I started playing those Palladium games first because they were dope. Um, there, there's a, there's a, a lot of problem with power creep in those games. Like it very quickly becomes unsustainable. Yeah. Uh, it, every book comes out with something literally twice as strong as the book before it. So it's like you're perpetually outmatched. Yeah. And, um, a buddy of mine was like, well, if you're going to play games, you should play the game Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and, uh, and that was how I got started on, on D and D and then, um, always played D and D. In the high school, de- detoured into my very favorite game ever, uh, Battle Lords of the 23rd Century, which has a special place in my heart. Mm. Um, and that was when I came into the World of Darkness games, uh, Werewolf, Vampire, played all that heavy through college. Um, and then a lot of the Star Wars RPG. And then as I went out into life, I always played when I could. But you know how hard it was getting a group together, especially yeah. pre-internet times. Right. Um, but you know, it's always been something I've enjoyed. And then, um, in 2017, uh, we started doing ask your black geek friend and I knew I wanted to show people that, that I had this other skill set. And I played my very first on-screen character, which was a, it's a teen Phoenix's charity 20, um, fundraiser in 2017. We played a vampire one shot. That was when I met Jason Carl in, uh, played that was my first time playing on stream period awesome and then uh in 2018 it all heated up yeah and gigs but got gigs and then in the fall we did la by night for vampire and then now here we are we just taped season five of la by night so yeah that's yeah that's crazy i mean there's just so much there obviously that build up is is huge uh what was that like you know uh, my experience with tabletop earlier in life was very much and i think a lot of people is like you played it but you didn't really talk about it in public is, is that the same kind of thing you went mm-hmm. through in high school and in college i was always fairly unabashed in my nerd in okay. my nerdistry yeah because the, you know that was another gift from my mom of just genuinely not caring whether or not people were down with what i was down yeah. with so i was like i i'm, I'm truly immune <laughs> to, to judgment um yeah. so it wasn't a secret yeah but 
I just knew it wasn't most people's jam, yeah. you know, and, and, and you kind of have like your group. Right. Um, and uh, I had a consistent group in college. And then when I was working all the out here in L.A., I ran a group of uh, for Pathfinder for four years that played from all the way to level all the way to level 20 with 10 mythic tiers. Cause I was very much one of the fourth edition refugees yeah. that didn't play fourth edition. And I detoured into pathfinder and did that for a long time and was a relatively late adapter of fifth edition. I mean, it was out probably two years before a friend convinced me to give it a try. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh yeah, this is the, uh, this is, this is the game that I miss and, and, and the changes that you've made here are superior changes, you know, advantage, yeah. disadvantage and all that stuff really right. made a lot of sense. Yeah. That's so. awesome. So, um, have you tried like Pathfinder second edition yet? I have. What did yes. you think of that? I've not dove too deeply into it. Uh, I've played a lot of, I played a lot of Starfinder. I just did a stream for Paizo for, for Starfinder. Um, I like it. Uh, I I like you know a lot of the healing mechanics. I I, I like the fact that um, death is less uh, a, a flip of the switch. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, medicine checks are actually valid. Right. You know, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, and a lot of my friends who um, are are super about that life really <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah. 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 The uh, I, I run a Pathfinder home game and it's two players at the moment and we don't have a cleric and you just with, you know, treat wounds and things like that. Um, and like you said, with the medicine checks, you can you can actually take that stuff pretty far. So, yeah, my my biggest issue with OG Pathfinder, again, having played it to the very high level is yeah. the game turned into rocket tag. You know, yeah. where, where the monsters had plus 40 to attack and stuff, you know, and it was like every fight the monster was going to die in the first round because the action economy, but it was going to kill somebody like that. Yeah. That was just the, the exchange. Like two of us are not leaving. Yeah. And then, you know, as long as the cleric wasn't the one who died, you could bring them back. It was still relatively painless, but yeah, that was, uh, the, the game did not scale very well at all. No, no. And I mean, I think that there, it's tough to like, did you guys, was that all homebrewed your zero to 20? No, no, I did it by the book. I did wrath of the rune Lords and, hmm. um, the, uh, what was the name of the one that introduced the mythic tears? Cause the, the, they came out with the book with the rules, but there was an adventure that used them. Uh, wrath of the righteous, wrath okay. of the righteous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I did it by the book. Wow. Yeah. See, I think, um, I haven't played first edition Pathfinder, but I've listened to a lot of Pathfinder shows. And that was one thing that they, um, it seems like it's just like, okay, well, every time, wherever you move, you're always fighting similarly leveled uh, NPCs or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just think in your, like in your, do you do a lot of homebrew yourself? Um, not so much. I'll homebrew a lot of settings. I don't homebrew many rules because for the most part, I feel like the rules are the rules for a reason. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, even though they're, yeah. Um, some, sometimes I'll do some, some homebrew setting stuff though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that, like, do you like to do that similar thing? I'm just like, okay, you guys are 10th level. So you're going to be fighting 10th level stuff. Or have you ever just thrown like a mob of second level creatures or whatever? Because it seems like wherever you go in the world, you're not only going to run into just that one, you know, the world's not going to technically scale with you, but that's a lot of times how it seems like games are ran. I mean, at this point I've, I've done it all, but yeah. um, there were, there was an old box set and I'm say I'm pointing over there cause I have it over there called dragon mountain. Uh, and it was a high level campaign for second edition. Mm -hmm. And the whole premise is it was this mountain that had been overrun by kobolds. And, you know, kobolds are intelligent creatures. And one of the things I'm, I'm adamant about is intelligent creatures should b respond intelligently. Yeah. So they'd gone through and they rigged traps and things. Um, and you almost never fought them. Like, they'd ambush. Like, they, you'd come around the corner and they'd pour boiling oil on you and yeah. run. Yeah. You know, like most, uh, like, so stuff like that. And, and even though you desperately wanted to get your hands on these little things, even when you did and you, like, one-shot one with an arrow, like, you don't feel good because it's a CR one-quarter creature. Yeah. But it is just giving you absolute hell. Uh, I'll do stuff like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll present them with inferior enemies using superior tactics gotcha um i'll do that kind of thing a lot yeah yeah, yeah i think um 
I think about that a lot just in that sense of like a lot of times these games you're ending up creating these very superhuman characters you know and it's like what are mm -hmm. the chances of you walk into this cell and you know all these people in this prison or whatever are 10th level guards um mm -hmm. you know it just seems it's something that this has always been like oh, that seems kind of silly but um i mean you're obviously going to mop the floor with them in most cases either way but it just i think it's one of those things that's just like as when you're looking at immersion if it's something that you do in your games i think it, it's cool to just have like here's 50 first level fighters yeah um this is uh you know one of the things i did in the very first stream i did that was the agony of kairos uh where they were level zero characters who were blessed with their level 20 powers um you know and i'll tell you here the secret to high level gameplay is it becomes less about what they can do and more about what they should do yeah um because you know you you literally have you know world altering power at that point and i told them before the game started i was like you know you could summon a tidal wave and wipe out a, a kingdom you really can but then their allies are going to come at you and if there's ten thousand soldiers statistically speaking two thousand of those archers are going to get natural 20s on their you know yeah. bow shots yeah. and like you're going to get killed yeah uh in in when um the way it worked out when they actually got their powers because goblins were the scourge of this things and, and goblins were um, attacking the town and it taken them captive. And when you're level zero, you know, obviously uh, you know, goblins are a problem. And so when they got their powers and uh, they, they, you know, got loose and got to uh, have their, have their revenge, they're going through their, and they're blasting them and everything and they're having a grand old time and then i had them and you know setting the place on fire and things and i had them uh kick in a door and it was the nursery it's all the little baby goblins yeah and it's like well what are you gonna do you know you're gonna blast baby goblins um because they're evil or or, or no you're gonna give them a um a chance and then you know it's like well we don't want to hurt them they're babies and it's like cool 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 but you just killed their parents and the warren's on fire now so <laughs> so you know what are you gonna do yeah, yeah yeah right so stuff like that yeah are there because there's there's a lot of ways to challenge a party not just in D D in any game that doesn't necessarily involve swinging a sword yeah absolutely um so do you feel like with your game mastery skills is that something that you um, developed over time or was it something that you were specifically inspired by a certain person or um, was it just kind of changed as you went along uh no i have a natural born storyteller for sure okay. uh and, and just found my own way along the way because i came up in a time where there was no streaming and there were no examples right yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. just true you yeah. just did it yeah. you know like may, maybe maybe one of your other friends dm'd on occasion Right. Uh, but, you know, but for the most part, I, I had no Matt Mercer's uh, or <laughs> Brennan Lee Mulligan's or Abrea Iyengar's to, or you know, Dave to, Walters, to, yeah. oh, stop it, <laughs> yeah, to, uh, to, to, to look up to, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah I just found, found my own my own way. Yeah. No, I think that's really cool. And and you, you know, obviously you've done a lot of writing and stuff. Um, yeah. I guess what, what kind of things outside of the game world are things that inspire you? I know obviously civil rights and things like that are huge for you. So, yeah, well, you know, to, to me, um, in, in, I get very dramatic about this more dramatic than, than I mean to sound, but you know, to, to me, storytelling is a sacred trust. You know, storytelling is what makes humans human. Yeah. Uh, everything we do some other animal does mm -hmm. uh and in the fullness of time when we figure out what crows and dolphins and elephants are saying to each other they might be telling stories too but yeah. you know right now as far as we know we're the only ones um and and we have the unique ability to be able to transmit to each other we can sit around a fire talking about things hercules did you know ten thousand years ago and take meaningful actionable insight about life from that you know uh yeah. we can practical things like don't eat those berries you'll get sick right you know and it's like okay yeah. got it you know where other creatures have to like you know watch someone die and be like oh okay you know <laughs> um so did you ever see that uh that reminds me of, of that uh, old like caveman parody movie 
where it's like something similar like that just happens. Like they have a dude, mm-hmm. they, one guy eats the berries, he passes out, and the guy like realizes, oh, cool. And then he like takes it and makes the alpha guy eat the berries and and so he could steal his wife. It's a weird, super, super weird, like claymation dinosaur, old, old movie. But that reminded me of that <sighs> same thing. Like just that, uh, yep. yeah, that those experiences. So, yeah. So, you know, right now, what do you, what would you say would be your favorite game to play? Do you have one? Is that too hard to narrow down? Uh, I mean, I, I, both D and D and Vampire are both near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, I get to I'm, I'm blessed to get to do a lot of both of those. Uh, yeah. Again, really still love Bad Lords of the 23rd Century. They just came out with the sixth edition. Yeah, I uh, did some streaming for them, which was good. Um, you know, but for the most part, anything that I want to do, I get to do. Like yeah. this isn't the question you ask me, but people often are like, "Is there any game that you wish you could play in heaven?" I'm like, "No, I can do what I want." Yeah, just <laughs> no, play like, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Like if I want to do it, I do it. So, yeah. um, but you know, the 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 classics are are classics for a reason. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Vampire is one of those games that I haven't tried. Um, I still don't really fully understand it. And the, uh, the most that I've seen of it is from your guys's, um, stream, but, uh, hey. but yeah. Um, have you done like the LARPing version of that game as well? I have, um, I have not done nearly as much LARP as standard tabletop stuff. Cause obviously that's, that is a different kind of commitment and scale. Yes. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, the, uh, we, we do a lot of elements of LARP in la by night just the way that we play the game you know um and i so i I, i've kind of in a way that's my answer is yes you know Uh, (laughs) i have done of course the dress up and go somewhere there was a a guy named bruce monarch ran a series of uh uh events out here in la and it so happens the very first one in the series was the the Saturday before we taped the first LA by night, which was a Friday. Yeah. And I think I think I went to two of them, but we were so neck deep in LA by night that I was like, no, I'm living this weekly. Like I'm good. I don't I don't need to come back yeah. for that, you know? Yeah. Uh the the I will tell you the difference between uh vampire and D D. Um is the world of darkness is usually a lower barrier of entry because it is this world. It's the actual world we live in. Yeah. If you set a game in New Mexico, you know, the, the gas station on the corner is there. The movie theater is there. Right. It just so happens there's also monsters. Yeah. Um, in, in system wise, um, D&D is explicit. Uh, you can do what you can do. And if it doesn't say you can do it, you cannot do it. Yeah. Uh, the storyteller system is implicit, uh, where uh, you can try anything, and and you have skills, but you you assemble pools that are more conceptual. Okay. So if you're like, I want to try and do this thing, the storyteller will tell you which dice pools to assemble, and you roll, and you can just try. You yeah. know, it is not, it is not, you know, five feet of movement increments type thing. So much so there's a power called celerity and celerity is super speed. In in the book, there's a little sidebar that is like, how fast is fast? And the answer is fast enough, yeah. you know, <laughs> whatever you <laughs> like, need to be. Yeah. yeah, right. Like this is this is not a 10 foot of movement game, yeah. you know, um, quite intentionally. So uh, you, you definitely should give it a try. I, I recommend it to everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I definitely will um, at some point. I, my, I'm not uh, fortunate enough to have the the type of gaming freedom that you have, but uh, I'm, I'm working on it. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, one big thing for me, a big influence in my life is um, my kids. Now, uh, having mm-hmm. three kids has really changed uh, the way I looked at things and the way that uh, mm-hmm. even the way I approach games. Do you feel like that happened for you as well? Um, yes, uh, in the sense that I've been fortunate enough that I've actually gotten my girls on streams with me. Uh, we did Roll in the Family uh, on D&D Beyond, where it was a, a family-themed game. So their first uh, ever game experience was on this huge stream that I was like, oh, my God. You know, guys don't know how good you have it, by the way, that yeah, like this is funny. like your first, first time playing. Um, it has adjusted... 
the kinds of stories I tell in terms of content. Yeah. I mean, I was never a particularly like dark person. Like I still end up working on a lot of horror projects because that's just the way, you know, things have shook out. But yeah. I mean, you know, for, for the most part, doom and gloom is not really my jam, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not like, you know, violence against children was a common theme in my stories, right. yeah, for yeah. instance, you know, for sure. uh, but, but it definitely is less now, you know, like less little kid ghosts, you know, yeah. less, you know, damsel in distress type thing, you know, cause I have to be mindful of the fact that not only that I have kids, I got two little girls and you know, what am I putting out in the world there that, you know, right. they're going to consume someday. Yeah. Uh, so in that it has not been a huge adjustment because again, you know, bikini slaveholder was not the story i was telling <laughs> right yeah know? for sure but yeah but it is something that's in the back of my mind yeah yeah i think you know uh, my kids now uh they're still so young um mm -hmm. but that's definitely something that you know having kind of just whole world of possibility where before it was just like you know i definitely think that i was a good person and i try to be mindful of stuff but i think that i was mm -hmm. also like if it wasn't part of my bubble, then I wasn't really thinking about it, you know, outside of sure. right, whatever's right in front of me. Um, and the kids definitely changed that for me of just like, okay, now I have to really be conscious of, you know, how I'm, even though it's a small thing and who's nobody's watching it, but me and the players, it's like, how do we, you know, create diversity in these games? How do we, you know, not promote ableism? How do we make sure it's not all men are guards? And you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it, it's still, you know, being cognizant of the vibration that you're putting out into the universe, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I'll tell you something that, that I've uh, grappled with. And, and for the most part, I, I, I resolved, but uh, was violence against cops. Yeah. Because uh, the in Vampire, uh, there's there's something called the Second Inquisition. Like the whole point behind Vampire: The Masquerade is is the vampires are trying to keep their existence secret. Mm -hmm. All everything in the world of darkness, every monster has a reason why normal people either literally cannot or must not know they exist because it's this world, you right, know? Yeah. And if you turn on CNN, you don't see werewolves rampaging. So it's like, well, why not? And there's a reason, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't you don't see vampires all, all outside walking down the street, and there's a reason why. Um, but there's something called the Second Inquisition, which is basically uh, the governments of the world, their anti-vampire, uh, you know, uh, uh, tactics when they do figure out that vampires are real and figure out where you are. And a lot of times cops come after you, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you're fighting back, a lot of times cops get lit up and, you know, <laughs> and, and can, can contextually with Black Lives Matter and everything else all around this, you know, like yeah. that, that, was a, that, that was something that was awkward for me. And, and also um, having... Um, female protagonists or antagonists rather we're having like because i'm big into having you know the your one of the things you'll hear me say a lot is that in these stories everyone needs to see themselves reflected as both hero and villain you know yeah. because you need to have examples of what you want to aspire towards or avoid you know as far away from i do want to be more like this i don't want to be more like that so i would create you know these like very powerful very capable women enemies but then the time comes they got to fight the boss because of course they do yeah and then it felt weird like describing you know them you know them, them beating a woman yeah, even though she, yeah. you know super powerful you know what i mean so right, it still yeah. was yeah stuff like that has hooked in my head at times for sure yeah. You know, so when you say that you've kind of changed your outlook on the vampires violence versus the cops, like how has that changed for you specifically? I just try and be mindful of the descriptions and spreading it out. I, I tend to I tend to be not too graphic. Yeah. You know, that might be like, you know, 
you slam your fist into their chest and there is a sickening crunch and he drops. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have to be like, you spread his rib cage <laughs> apart and reel his intestines. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, you're like, I got you. Yeah yeah. 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 I got it. You dropped him. You dropped the guy. I got it. You know? Yeah. Um, I just want people thing. to take this you out think... of context and say you're going the opposite direction. So. I mean, <laughs> they can, you know, a clip is a clip, I right. guess, you know, um, people are going to do, what you know, mean. I, I'll say things like, you know, you have hit her, you know, she yeah. is defeated. You know what I mean? Not yeah. having to, to, to get too, you know, far down into anything else like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And um, yeah, so I, you know, you're obviously doing a lot of stuff, like I mentioned, um, for the community outside of uh, games. And I think, one, I think it's fantastic. Um, and I just... I'm curious, you know, as far as being a public figure and, you know, still putting yourself out there, like, did that ever cross your mind of like, shit, maybe I shouldn't do this? Or has it always been like, because you sound like, obviously, you're a very confident person, but has, you know, were there times where you just thought like, maybe this could backfire against me, which I don't think it should just to clarify, I'm just, you know, curious about that, because Um, you're obviously a black man. And this is, you know, you're approaching the world and saying, hey, I'm mindful of what I do and don't say. Yeah. Like, for instance, there there's plenty of off-color humor that I think is hilarious and will never post. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The, the, that I just have to be mindful of of um, my reputation. Because when you hear people talk about personal branding, that's all it is, is reputation. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. What, what, what people think about you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, there, there's like stuff like there's plenty of memes that I think are great <laughs> that I will never post, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like the, the times that I take political stances or things like that, I'm like, no, I said what I said. And if you don't like it, get off my wall, you know. Yeah. And, and, and for the most part, it depends on the gig. For the most part, I am who I am everywhere. Yeah. Uh, because I'm like, you know what you signed up for. Like, I'm bla- ask your black geek friend. I said 100% what I thought because it was a commentary show, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, during Black Dice Society, which is our official stream for Watsy, I'm not going to stop in the middle of that stream and go on a diatribe about why Trump should go to prison. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. not, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the, pla- it's not yeah, the place for, sure. for that. You know, yeah. we're there to play Ravenloft. Yeah, so in that, I, I think it's more, it's not so much I'm worried about controversy about taking a stance for things, but I am mindful about never trying to do anything that is going to alienate my community, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think yeah. it's, you know, obviously um, what you're doing is working because, you know, you still are working, correct me if I'm wrong, are still working on getting out Dear America. Mm-hmm. But then you also just became creative director of a gaming company, correct? I also true. Yep. Congratulations. Yeah, man. Thank you. It's the end. It's the end of week too. Yeah, I I I spin many plates. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like I said, obviously, you know what you're doing is is still working, and and clearly you're not scaring off everybody. Um, and and like you said, you know, I think when it comes to that stuff, you are who you are. You believe what you believe, and you should be able to say yep. what you're going to say when it comes to that. Uh, especially when what you're saying is, is good and true. So, um, yeah, man, when it came to the creative director job, you know, can you talk about that at all? Or, you know, what, how's that? Yeah, I probably got a vague book a little bit, but, um, you know, it, it, it came about, I'd done some work with Demi plane, um, on, on the stream with heroes of the plains, which Mm -hmm. is the game that we do every week. Okay. And uh, in one of the things that, that it is, it's like uh, a, a portal where you can connect and play games with your friends. It's like Zoom, but with gaming tools built into it, you know, dice rollers and things. And, and also like matchmaking to be able okay. to find people to play with. Awesome. So a friend of mine had hit me up and was talking about doing some professional game mastering type stuff. And they wanted to know what my thoughts on it because I'd, I'd done it. Um I did it myself very quite well and, and helped other people learn how to do it too. Yeah. And I pointed them in the direction of Demiplane. And this is a fairly influential person. So they were happy to have the connection. And I was like, yeah, no, it's work, work it out. Good luck. Right. Yeah. And after that, they were like, you know, we'd already wanted to work with you more, 
but you know, you did this thing that is really going to help us a lot. So, you know, that, that made us want to take up, move up our timetable. Or are you interested in, in doing this? And of, of course, um, you know, they're not the first person that has reached out to me to do a thing. Um, but they were far more sympathetic to the fact that I'm already busy and I do a lot of stuff. And yeah. they were like, and, and, you know, and they were like, we don't want you to, to stop doing those things. We just want you to help us do this also. And I was like, oh, well, dope. Yeah, let's do it then. Yeah. Um, and uh, some, some really, really great things coming down the pipe there for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And then um, I was curious about that because you are so busy and, you know, especially with like Into the Motherlands and um, things like that. How's how's that mm -hmm. project been going for you guys? It's it's all full court press, man. Like right before I got on with you, I was on with Tanya to pass talking Motherlands. Yeah. Uh, right after I'm done with you, I got to go record. Um, got to go record a podcast. You know, it's just, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the, the only easy day was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, what was it like doing that project? Because, it, you know, you've talked about it before, I know, but um, mm -hmm. with an all POC, I mean, everything's there you guys are mm -hmm. really building this thing from the ground up how's that how has that been for you personally great you know um because again like i said before everyone needs to see themselves reflected in their media yeah. and that was the thing that i've asked all of them that have come on board that i'm like tell the story that eight-year-old you needed to see you know what, what what did you as a kid need to be able to look about look up to and have a place where you could dream and feel like you were a part of. And, and that's, that's where we're building it, man. Like we're, we're, we're building it. We're building it for the children. Just like Wu Tang, you yeah. know? Um, <laughs> I mean, again, don't get me wrong. It very much will be a game that you right. know, people yeah. play, but I mean, in terms of the scope of it, yes. you know, the, the wonder we're hoping to capture is fantastic, you know, because a lot of us are blessed to be able to work in a lot of these existing worlds with existing licensees but a lot of them also have a long history of things that upon reflection are kind of problematic and are yeah. difficult to all uh, difficult to alter you yeah. know mm -hmm. um you know I, I i'm fairly forgiving in the sense that i try to judge things based on the context of when they came out yeah. you know yeah. Like, like, like I try and grade my outrage on a curve, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, a, a, a supplement that came out 30 years ago, that's problematic. I'm like, well, you know, maybe we just don't use that one anymore. It's fine. Yeah. A supplement that comes out that's problematic now. It's like, okay, now you, you knew, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. you, you had chances yeah. to not be like this, you know? And I mean, uh, uh, my career exists in large part of me being very vocally critical of Watsi's portrayal of Cholt, Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah. I mean, Cholt in the 80s was horrifically racist. You know, cannibals, bones through their nose, you know, the whole the whole nine. Yeah. And then they came back to Cholt and they cleaned that up some. But it's instead of being essentially occupied by by, you know, colonizers the colonizers were gone and they just sort of were living in their colonizer shadow, you know, living, yeah. uh, and, and I was like, look, man, this is fantasy. You could have said anything. Like right. all the black people could have lived on the moon. Like <laughs> you could have done literally anything and you yeah. chose this in what I knew then and, and has proven to be true was it wasn't malice. It was just unintentional tone deafness. You know, when, when everyone in the room looks like you, Whatever that is, for right. the record, yes, yeah. you're going to have blind spots. Even with the motherlands, like you said, we're all people of color, but we're all still different colors. Yes, in 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 a different mix of genders and in orientations and religious beliefs and everything. Right. Yeah. That you you know a that, true that we have a, exactly a lot of different perspectives. Yeah. Um, to bring to it, which is important. You know, I, I mean, again, I just had an experience uh, last week working on a different project uh, where we had to go through some submissions for things. And I was just like, you know, this one's OK. Like, I don't really care for it. And they didn't really follow the, the rules. And, and, and that was kind of that. And two of the other people that were part of the process were like, 
yeah, but this is really, really, really sexist and problematic because of this and this and this. And I was like, oh, word? Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, now, now that you pointed out, I'm right. like, okay, sure. Like, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. I was like, you missed the mark and this isn't very good. Yeah. But other people being like, also, it's problematic for these specific reasons is important to have someone there to say oh, and to listen to them, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, because otherwise stuff gets out in the wild and people are like, this is terrible. Why did you do this? And you never knew because no one pointed it out to you. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we clearly have a lot of examples of people not getting checked on that stuff. And yep. now it's a final product that the world has already seen and uh, and are dealing with. So, um, so I, I'm interested, too, because Pathfinder recently, especially with second edition, um, have been getting a lot of praise for myself included of just the way that they have handled uh, inclusion and diversity in the game itself. Um, they just came out with the Moenge Expanse, like huge book, 300 page book of all the different um, uh, ancestries and, and things like that in that space. Did you, do you feel like that was prevalent? Probably not at the same level, of course, but do you feel like you, it was something you noticed when you played Pathfinder first edition? Like did the Moenge Expanse feel like a inclusive place of like, this is, you know, fantasy Africa, or was it just like, this is a dangerous jungle. I know a lot of people that worked on that book. So uh, awesome. yeah. I, I know, you know, they, they were coming from the right, from the right place. Yeah. Um, in terms of content and Paizo was coming from the right place in terms of uh, having the people, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. um, of, of, of even trying to get, um, you know, the right people in the room to work on the project, which is all you can do, you know, yeah. Um, but because I mean, and, and again, you know, some of this is subjective and you're only going to please some of the people some of the time, of you course. know, yeah. um, like, uh, uh, I had, um, I remember when before Black Panther came out, uh, there was a movement in some circles that they were like, boycott this movie because it wasn't actually shot in Africa. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. That is not the lesson that will get taken from this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that is that is not the lesson that will get taken from this. Yeah. Um, obviously, that ended up being not a thing, you know, and, and, and it <laughs> went on. And, and, and that's what I always tell people that a lot of times. You have to, I mean, always vote with your wallet, but support things that are even moving in the direction that you want to go. That it may not hit the mark directly, because quite frankly, not everybody's taste is going to be your taste. Mm -hmm. But if you have a strong desire to see black women represented in fiction, buy books that black women are writing. Yeah. Whether or not it's your jam, if it is your jam adjacent, it will make what you want to see more likely to happen. Yeah. Um, because these very subtle, nuanced takes are not what what the market will draw from them. You know, they will be like, oh, we tried that. It didn't work. Great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think um, a friend of mine and I had a similar conversation when Black Panther was coming out and he was like, do you think it's going to do well and i was like of course like you have all the marvel fans who want to see it right we could say 95 percent of them are going to go you have a black community that maybe didn't watch a lot of the original marvel movies but now like oh well shit i'm gonna go watch black panther so yep. you you're increasing the number and obviously it did uh fantastic but mm -hmm. yeah i think it's one of those things even in and just in podcasting, a uh, similar thing, I had a conversation well before I started a podcast of trying to find diverse actual plays. And mm -hmm. uh, some of it was, you know, there are some out there and there's like some all women um, podcasts and stuff like that. And the audio isn't great initially. And as the more as I started to think about it and, and listen, and, and, and it was kind of a similar thing of just like, well, they need to get to a place where they can afford to get the better equipment, whatever. Um, the only yep. way that's going to happen is if they have people supporting them, listening to it. So, yep. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm just, yep. um, but yeah, and I'm sorry if I didn't phrase it well, but when it came to Pathfinder first edition, do you feel like that was that there was similar representation in first edition when you played it? No. Nah, I mean, you know, some of the iconics in the art were black people, but besides that, not really, you yeah. know? 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, black people were 17% of Galarion, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but beyond that, not really, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and, and, and I by no mean consumed every stitch of content that came out for the original Pathfinder, but I mean, I got neck deep in it, especially the, the, um, the adventure paths and stuff. Yeah. yeah and no, sure. that, that was, that was something I, I never, uh, never saw. Yeah. I had that sense. Like I said, I hadn't played first edition, but just from things that I heard. And I think just from the reaction to uh, the Moenge stands coming out, it definitely made a difference. Yeah. I actually reached out to one of the writers just to say thank you for, you know, the work they did because it ended up that the homebrew story that I was writing in the Moenge Expanse ended up being with uh, ancestries that she wrote and in places that she wrote for that book. So it was actually yeah. just a cool thing. But yeah, I think it's fantastic uh, how all of that works out. I guess what are some ways that uh, you want to see improved, I guess? Because I, I, how can I put this? I feel like even when I look at, you know, if you're just looking at Twitter numbers for whatever that is worth, it's one of those things where I still think like re- you and Tanya um, and uh, Omega, like you guys are all amazing, brilliant people. And in this space, even though you have a large amount of numbers, like it still doesn't add up to some of the other people who subjectively may not be as skilled or as prolific or doing as much as you guys do you ever do you think that there's something that's going to change that or do you think it's kind of just one of those things of just is the country that we're living in now and kind of the space we're taking up uh i mean that's a couple of things one the geek space the tabletop geek space is a very very small subdivision of entertainment yeah you know Mm -hmm. uh the overwhelming majority of people have no idea of what that we do what we do yeah um even you know critical role which is the largest Mm -hmm. is wouldn't be in the top 100 streamers yeah probably right you know um and and and, you know and they pull good numbers yeah but but i mean having sixty thousand concurrent is a big night for them and don't get me wrong that's a big night yeah but you know there's streamers that regularly have hundreds of thousands of people every night yeah. you know um and and that's because i think the video games are more ubiquitous and more accessible because yeah. you can play a video game by yourself mm-hmm. and and you know and, and kind of and kind of lurk you know yeah. so while the while the hobby is growing you know i just hosted D live that was on peacock you know that's pretty darn mainstream yeah um while it is growing it is still small yeah and then in that section of people that are even paying attention then you got the people that are going to consume the content of the different kinds of people and you know you've been on the internet Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of toxicity there you know i mean i i used to know that ask your black geek friend had rolled to the front page of twitch when i got told to go back to africa Mm -hmm. i was like oh we're on the front page and i mean god bless the mods man i can't imagine what grossness eyeball melting nastiness they've seen over time yeah. uh because it very rarely very rarely like leaked through to me because they knew if i saw it i would lay into somebody <laughs> um so they had to be like yeah you know um so you know i i think unfortunately it's like anything and i i always really objected to like Morehouse, Morehouse's slogan is we're the black Ivy League, we're the black Harvard. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but why would you aspire to that? You know, yeah. like why why do we have to be, you know, the black substandard thing? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Why can't we just, you know, be superlative? Yes. You know, like let's just do that. Yeah. You know? Uh like like I have zero interest whatsoever in being on the black critical role. Yeah. I have an interest in making the best content that I can make and being a part of the best projects that I can be a part of. Yeah. And you know, and let that go where it goes, you know. Um so I mean that's my I, I think as you know, the the cream tends to rise, not always, because mm-hmm. there's some people that have massive followings and I have no idea why. And some other people yeah. that I think are brilliant that, you know, get very little attention. But all things being equal, I think the cream rises. 
and and i think as the as the hobby increases and the number of eyeballs on it increases then you know those things will go up yeah no i think i think you're right um you know what one person uh i don't know if you're familiar with connie of transplaner but um a similar thing just you know looking at that like this is something that is such a huge deal for the trans community in, in terms of having an all trans dnd stream um and still not having quite as large of falling and not to say that what they're doing is not important or not making a difference or anything like that i just it's just something that i've noticed in terms of the uh subculture that there's a lot of still growth to i guess when it comes to you know this ttrpg community yeah i'm uh, i i have met connie i've done a couple of panels together you know again i think um there's always going to uh there's there's a certain segment that again um is going to tune in to support an all trans game and then there's a certain segment that hopefully will tune in just because the game is great you know yeah, yeah i think uh you know it's it's cool just the i guess just the the energy that's rising around this stuff you know with all the yeah. projects come in and everything else that's yeah. going on it's nice to see that we're making some kind of difference that we're making some kind of strides and i mean just yeah and and it's 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 and this is again the reason why diversity is is so important because the more people see someone like them or at least someone different out here doing things and making moves and creating content it creates the space for them to be able to, you know, yeah. it's almost like you're, you're unintentionally getting permission um, yeah. to do something, you know, yeah, which absolutely. is, which is great. Do you, um, do you have situations now where you feel like you're able to, you know, convert new people into playing these games, people who haven't touched them before in their life? Yeah, I know lots of people have tried Vampire because of me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and know? is that because uh, of the conversations you had or just from watching? Or is it, I guess, a little bit of both? Yeah. Both, you know? What What do you yeah. What do you tend to tell people to, to, to kind of try to get them hooked onto that game? Uh, I say, what's your favorite book or TV show or movie? Mm-hmm. And how would you like to live it? Yeah. You know? Because uh, there's a game that simulates your jam, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. It, it may be D and D, it may not, but something does, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, s- something, um, uh, it, it, up to and including an actual licensed game of that world, you know. If you're like yeah. my favorite show's Buffy, it's like there's a Buffy game, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, what well, that that's that's usually my my intro, you know. I, and, I think and, and uh... that'll get most people to the table. Yeah, I think that there's uh, probably going to be, if not already, a pretty big influx of, uh, of people going to the kids on Brooms games because of, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you have this world of Harry Potter fans who yep. seems like some of them are having a little bit of buyer's remorse just because of, you know, the author um, with good reason. But but yeah, now it's like, you, okay, well, now you get to go create that story for yourself and yeah, kids on broom, Strixhaven, you know, I mean, it's sad and that that's always tough, you know, separating the artist artist from the art and the creator from the creation, you know? Yeah. Um, I super get people that feel like they can no longer in good conscience enjoy Harry Potter because of J.K. Rowling. Uh, I also comprehend people that are like, this was a pivotal part of my upbringing and I still love it, you know, because the that content is fine i mean hey my my kids still super represent for it and it's fine by me i'm like they they got time to even find out what it well my oldest probably knows what a turf is but i'm like <laughs> they there's plenty of time for that you know enjoy yeah. being a kid yeah, <laughs> for sure that's yeah. funny so did your um and just kind of go, talking about your kids you, you said they didn't play until they went on stream with you was uh did you ever try to get them into it earlier or or um was it just kind of something you kept I, separate I did, uh, but I don't. I don't push them to try the stuff to, to be into stuff that I like. You know, yeah. um, 
uh i i you know like same thing like i'm very passionate about the martial arts you know yeah um i, I and i trained them a little bit and um uh you know they it, it wasn't it wasn't their jam you know you know they like they liked it fine but i didn't try and relive my life through them you know yeah yeah so they knew that these games were important but i mean i i think really and obviously there's exceptions and you know your mileage may vary kid to kid but i i think i think it's hard to go younger than about eight you know and have them really get it right you know yeah um i mean any of the stuff that i've tried to teach them first and foremost i just wanted it to be just having a good time with dad you know like that's what i wanted them to take from it that it's it's i i enjoyed spending time with dad so we'd played a little bit and then when the stream came along i was like okay we got to do this for real y'all like you you need to (laughs) You know, let, let me let me teach you the true nature of the dark side of the forest here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it worked out. And I haven't had a chance to see that stream. So did they I mean, were they comfortable on there? Did they have a good time and, and play it out? They, they were both great. They leaned into it. Uh, my, my youngest was just uh, uh, just an absolute wrecking ball, which, which I'd expected. You know, yeah. um, the way I got them to make their their characters is I let them both take quizzes that are like what what kind of D race are you and what class are you yeah and my because i was like the closest to your nature is going to be the easiest to play um and my oldest was a tiefling paladin and my youngest was a, a wood elf gloomstalk or wood elf ranger nice. and when i was talking to both of them about the subclasses i was like all right you could have a a uh animal companion you know that is your friend out here in the woods or you could be just a shadowy ganker, and she's like ganker. <laughs> in my in my oldest in my my oldest, I was like, you're a paladin. You could help people. You could defend people. You could uplift, you know, the the helpless. Or you could go out seeking revenge against like evil. And she's like, I want to be seeking revenge. <laughs> and I'm like, also valid. You're both yeah. my children. Yes, yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> you know, you, you've passed the vibe test. Yes. Um, yeah, and and they just went with it. That's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it, I mean, it's cool to see how all of that plays out and and how they take to it. And, you know, it's funny just watching different people play these games and and sort of live out some of these um, violent imaginations, you know, that we, (laughs) you're obviously never going to enact those in, in real life. So, yeah, well, and, you know, getting a, getting an opportunity to be a hero. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah, I mean it. It really is all about the uh, escape, you know, and and kind mm-hmm. of getting into that thing. So yeah, and then I guess uh, last question for you: when it came to when it comes to like role play for you, was that something that you, um, again, with just being a storyteller, was it something that you developed, or was it just kind of, uh, uh, you know, you, were you in art and drama things like that? Uh again naturally in the storytelling i didn't do any drama or acting or anything like that in high school i got drawn into it when i got out here in la because uh i was just big and people kept wanting to put me in things <laughs> and then i found that that i liked it and i was good at it yeah um you know that that was how i got drawn into it uh but you know writing was my passion in in Acting and every other kind of performing is just something I, I, I got drawn into. Yeah. Do you feel like when you're um, when you're writing and you're writing characters, for instance, was, is that something that you feel like you get into that character mindset as you're writing it? And maybe that helps. Yeah. I mean, you you have to, you know, Yeah. Um, in the sense that you, you have to be able to put on that mask and, and be that person to be able to accurately reflect them in their worldview. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, there's, there's limits in the sense that you don't know what you don't know. It's right. like the, the yeah. difficulty of writing a character that's smarter than you, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but to the best of your ability, you have to build them as solidly and as completely as you can, even out of just, you know, the, the, the raw material that you have to put into them basically. Yeah. Yeah. I like to call it like a, a rational empathy. Like you, you dig into it, but you're, you know, conscious of the fact that you're creating this character that, you know, you're processing it through this filter of, of 
the author and, you know, obviously not having to experience it completely. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, um, yeah, I know you're a very busy man, so thank you so much for coming on and talking games and life with me. I really do appreciate it. You know, this is, um, it's been complete honor to have you on the show. So it's been really cool. Yeah, no, happy to do it. And, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, say, at least in closing, that if you are considering getting involved in this hobby, if you're thinking about playing games, which chances are, if you listen to us, you probably already play, but maybe you're thinking about it. Yeah. If you're thinking about streaming, if you're making content, any of that, do it. Just do it. You know, get your friends together, turn on a camera and just record some stuff and you'll be bad at it and then just try and get better at it and that's the whole game you know yeah. just continue to hone your craft but as long as everybody at the table's having a good time the audience will be having a good time and everything else will take care of itself absolutely well, very cool yeah thank you and uh, i think we will end it on that high note groovy thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the show if you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. Bye.